Do you struggle with what it means to be successful in your retirement? Trust us, you're not alone. Welcome to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. Here, you'll go in-depth with Guidance Point Advisors Investment Consultants to hear stories about how retirees in Maine are navigating a successful retirement. Get insight into the inevitable challenges of aging and define what a successful retirement looks like. Welcome, everybody, to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. My name is Ben Smith. I'm joined by my colleagues, Abby Duty and Curtis Wister, the Peggy Olson and Don Draper to my Roger Sterling. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> Good. Good, Ben. How are you? I'm great. Uh, we're, of course, always talking about retirement and talking about aging and talking about lots of the, the kind of necessary stuff is what we've been doing the theme on lately. And and we've been talking about kind of guests and what we want to do and where we want to go. And, you know, the, the topic that we people just keep giving this feedback on is travel. Like, you know, you just spent one episode on travel. And that's kind of like the that's the stuff that people are always looking forward to. And we could just go forever on that topic. So really, that's kind of this whole like you're you're starting to think about retirement or what you want to do in retirement. And really one of those things that you and maybe your spouse uh, state that you want to do is travel more. But, you know, I think a lot of people get stuck on, well, what do you want to see, right? What do you want to see? What do you want to do? Especially if you and your spouse have different tastes and interests, right? It's like, well, how do we kind of come together where I want to do this, but you want to do that? And we're kind of going back and forth. So how do we go about creating this kind of list of things, like maybe a wander list of things that we want to do in places we want to visit? Mm -hmm. So again, kind of this, uh, the conflict there between the the two, uh, maybe a spouse or, or just kind of coming up with it. So, and of course, we hear from our clients that they're interested in certain themes like, hey, we're foodies and we like going and trying all these different foods or, you know, we're sports fans. I want to go, you know, experience different sports or there's history and, you know, but how do we go building trips on themes, right? Because I can kind of see where it gets really overwhelming. It gets really just kind of hard to kind of put something cohesive together. And I, I could see where I would get stuck, uh, I know, uh, but also our clients are getting stuck there too. Mm. So in episode three, we uh, dove really deep into traveling while in retirement and really the challenges as we age. So we kind of covered that part about this whole spectrum of um, maybe pre-retirement to retirement to then aging and retirement and how to maybe overcome some of those challenges that we can have or, or, or how do we go with our family, things like that. But in this episode, we really wanted to explore putting a solid travel plan in place. So our next guest today is a travel expert. She holds a bachelor degree in German in international relations with a master's degree in tourism administration. So she's planned hundreds of trips for our clients at Luxury Travel Works, and she doesn't understand why Mainers drink boxing. So let's welcome back to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast, Carrie Formiger. Carrie, welcome uh, to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, no offense. Moxie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it myself. Is yeah. I, I don't know why. It's, that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> it's, it's pretty disgusting in my opinion, yeah. but uh, we all have our we all have our tastes. So, but thanks for coming on because I know obviously you were one of our earlier shows. You were episode three, yeah. and we were just kind of getting our rhythm in place and trying to figure this out. And we're all very nervous about what we're doing and what we're saying and all that. So, obviously. Now you you're our our sole repeat guest that we've had. The only one. Awesome. So thank you for that. But also is this um, idea of hey, travel is is something really important to people, and 
what we don't want to do is just repeat what we already did. Uh, but we think there's lots of things that we could explore even deeper. Sure. Uh, but for those that maybe didn't hear your show in episode three, again, if you haven't, go take a listen. But a, could you just give uh, folks a little bit of your background in terms of your history and maybe your your kind of journey to the state of Maine? Sure. Yeah. So uh, as Ben rightfully called out, I am from away. <laughs> I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. It's where I grew up. Ended up in Maine because of college, went to Bowdoin, met my husband there. We moved away for a little while and then moved back. It's kind of called to us. So it's a different world. Brunswick and Bangor are different worlds. I love it here. We're, we're in it for the long haul. So travel, getting into travel was kind of an accident. I knew I wanted cross-cultural relations. We had an exchange student when I was 16. I think I did one of those things that like many teenagers do where they're like, wow, the world is big, but small at the same time. How cool. Everyone should realize this. So that was kind of the like the groundwork for my travel career. Um, moved on thinking that I was going to be a diplomat. That's actually why I went to Bowdoin. They have a great government department. Diplomacy, it turns out, has a lot more politics in it than I really want to be a part of. And in many ways, travel kind of is diplomacy for everybody. So you get to know cultures and different people and learn about all kinds of different things and make those connections in a way that I think is really, really meaningful. And recently we had uh, an episode with International Living Magazine. Uh, Dan Prusher was one of the senior editors there. And that was one of the things he said, right, was this whole concept of that travel, but also experiencing the world makes you more of a world citizen, right? It makes you experience more things, maybe opens a little bit more of your horizons and broadens your kind of your lens, which I think is really important, uh, especially in today's day and age, where I think we can get very maybe focused either on maybe U.S. politics has been the big thing here or you know maybe it's just the other things that just in our world and our circle can sometimes be small but you can still live anywhere or be anywhere and that's what we love about Maine is it's a really beautiful place to be and to live but there's times where we got to go experience new things and we want to see new things and I, I think that's where again that's why I like this whole thread of it's always fun to go away and experience yep. the things and but then you're like you know what it's time to come back and yeah. Maine kind of has that nice little gravity to it, especially lots of different pockets around the state is 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 kind of fun for that. So I know that's what you had said in the previous uh, episode, Carrie, was, was something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's great. Maine's a great place to live. We're pretty spoiled. It's a place that a lot of people want to come to. It was like a huge destination over the summer while people felt like they wanted to stay relatively local. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw so many out-of-staters here, which is awesome. And it's, mm-hmm. you know... We're super lucky, but I think anywhere you travel, you bring something back with you. It's totally cliche, but totally true. I mean, there's a reason for it. You, It really does. It enriches you and kind of informs your opinions about everything. And I think it's worth it. Yeah. And, and what I like about that is there's also a through thread that's happening too of, of as we're maybe even first generation experiencing travel, because I, I know there's kind of multi-generations that can kind of go through this, but to see almost this first generation travel experience with your second generation or third generation, right? And and you yeah. kind of get the, these kind of shared cultural experiences together, which is, I think, the, the good part about family is that you're doing things together. You all maybe have your own expertise or maybe your own kind of uh, lens of how you view the world, but you also start getting some shared values and shared lenses as you do that as well. So kind of this nice kind of thing happening of not just maybe a spouse, but also either generations before or generations after you kind of doing those things together is is kind of a cool little thing too. Yeah. 
Yep, totally. Well, not to, uh, obviously we've sold people into travel at this point and, <laughs> and, you know, I, I know there is this whole, all right, cool. You, I want to go travel. I want to go do stuff. Where do I start? Right. And that's, that's, <laughs> I think the, the episode today is, all right, we want to dream and create our, uh, wander list. And I know that was a concept you, I'd never heard before, Carrie, before you brought that up in our, our episode on episode three was this concept of, of a wander list. And so I want to ask you about that, just to build a foundation for the show here. Can you talk to us about the concept of what is a water list? And then let's kind of just get into that definition of, because again, we might all define things differently. What is a water list? How is it used? How do you use it? Sure. So a water list, um, water list is kind of a term that came across my radar from the consortium that I work under, which is called Virtuoso. It's a it's a luxury travel consortium. We buy into it. Travel advisors will buy into it. Uh, and they help us negotiate deals with some of the hotels and destinations and all that kind of stuff so we can get extra perks and, and all that stuff. So they are currently beta testing a product called Wanderlist that is actually a software where you can put together a list in a really cool interactive way. Um, but I think it's a really great term in contrast to a bucket list because a bucket list sounds really final to me. Um, whereas a wanderlist sounds super expansive and, you know, something, I mean, it, it sounds like it's a, I don't know, it sounds like it's something that's alive. Like you can keep adding to it and expanding on it. I really like it. So yeah, because I know that was our title. The third episode was uh, kind of the bucket list idea. I know that was <laughs> that was a hot trend, right? For a while as everyone kind of had their oh. whole bucket list and let's make the list. But you are kind of right is like once you kind of go, hey, I had 10 things I want to do before I die. Right. And you cross off like nine of them. You're like, <laughs> Does that mean I should die now? We're like, right? Done, <laughs> Done right? That's, that's not good. It's yeah. over. Yeah. So again, I like that definition here of, hey, here's something it continues to build, expand, change. Um, and you're wandering with sometimes you just, by going to someplace new, maybe you explore someplace new off of that. So yeah, just kind of absolutely. things like that. Cool. I also, I always love a good pun and <laughs> punning off of, you know, wonderless, which mm -hmm. is, to or wanderlust, which is to go exploring and wanting to go exploring. I just like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when people are going through building a list, right, I think there's a tendency to just say yes to wherever, right, to go everywhere. Um, sure. And that's not really that helpful in kind of narrowing down where you want to go. Um, so what's your best advice to start building one of those lists um, that you and whoever you're traveling with can agree on? And also, what are the best ways to research some of those travel themes, right? Food, history, sports, stuff like that. Sure. I think in, this is true for so many people that, you know, you have a different desire to see places than your spouse or whoever your travel companion is, your parents, your children, whoever. And that's totally normal and natural. Uh, I think the best place to start is honestly to make it for yourself. So you separately from whoever your travel companion is come up with, here are the things that drive me to want to go places to, you know, this is something that I absolutely have to see. And it could be totally different. So I don't know, my husband and I have really different travel tastes. I'm kind of, if you can't tell very much the like, yes, go everywhere, check, like go here, <laughs> go there. I want to see absolutely everything. And he's like, meh. Take it or leave it. Okay. <laughs> but there are a few things that like really get him going. So having him create a list and me create a list separately and then cross comparing, I think does a lot of good. We probably would not have landed on half the places that we've gone to had we not done some version of that, you know, even kind of unofficially. For so. example, though, can you, 
can you dive into that a little bit deeper? Because I, I guess my question here is, so if you're building this idea of a wanderlust and you're saying, hey, it might, because I, I guess what I'm coming at this with, it might not just be a list of places. Yep. It might be a list of things I want to do or yeah. or experiences I want to have. Right. And by putting those two things together, it's like, well, I really like Thai food and I really, and you really want to see you know, something in Thailand, right? So here's, here's something, oh, geez, I, I could really experience the food there as you're experiencing some of the Thai culture or something, right? Yeah. 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 So I think my, my way of traveling tends to be experiential. I, I tend to think of places in terms of experiences and it's, you know, maybe they're landscapes or landmarks, you know, I want to see the Coliseum. I want to do whatever. I want to eat Thai food in Thailand, something like that. But those are the kinds of things that go on my list rather than just like Thailand, <clears throat> Japan, you know, so, and that makes it a little bit easier because there are places where you can experience a lot of those things. Maybe you want to go skiing in the Alps, but the Alps cross a bunch of different countries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself to it's, gotta be Switzerland because mm -hmm. maybe Austria is a better fit for you. There are a lot of ways to kind of come at this. So I, yeah, I think. Cause I, I essentially I could see where you could go. Here's 10 of the things I really want to do. Right. And say, let's use that as an example, say skiing in the Alps. Right. Yep. So, all right. has to be then probably winter time or closer to winter time where snow <laughs> is readily being made or available. Yep. Uh, but also, Hey, uh, I'm really into chocolate. Right. So maybe chocolate's a thing that I really like. So wouldn't it be cool to go to Switzerland and experience right. the chocolate in Switzerland while we ski in right. the Alps or right. So I could see where you could go, Hey, here's eight or nine things of here's my likes. Yeah. And, and that would also lead us to maybe going to Switzerland versus going, you know, I Just have to go. Yeah. I have to go to like this once I'm going to have to go to the Coliseum and that's the only thing I want to do. Right. Now I'm not flexible with that goal because it's only right. the Coliseum or bust. Right. And maybe, you know, maybe the call, maybe it is Coliseum or bust. Maybe you have listened to a thousand podcasts, watched Gladiator over and over. You really want to see, you know, how the inner workings of the Coliseum are. And that's cool too, but put that on your list and com cross compare. Maybe it's not the first trip that you do. Maybe the first trip is something else where you've both discovered that you do really like Thai food and like, Hey, our timing aligns. We have January instead of September to go. You know, it's going to be better weather in Thailand then. Maybe we'll go. And I think you're right, Ben. There are some things, some of these things really do lead into a particular time of year. Or, you know, maybe it's an event, an experience. And I know you're really into baseball. It's got to be a certain time of year. You can't go watch the All-Star game in the middle of whatever, February. Yeah. It's just not going to work. So. <laughs> yeah, because I guess that's where I, I'd like to just expand a little bit more there, Carrie, is so yeah. when it comes to themes, right, it's like, hey, here's a theme and I'm trying to explore it, like pick on myself with baseball. It's like, hey, I want to go experience baseball and I can see where if I'm going to retire or I am in retirement, it's like, you know, I've spent my whole life watching the Red Sox, right? And what I could do is I could just say, hey, I want to go experience Red Sox. And one way to do it is just hang out at Fenway Park for a month. Absolutely. Right. That's one way to do it. But in terms of budget wise, obviously staying in Boston at 550 a night for a month is 
probably pretty expensive and then I got to <laughs> eat there. And I'll, so there's lots, there's different ways to do that. What maybe a, a better way to do that is to go, Hey, my spouse also, she's really into Chicago. She right. thinks Chicago is pretty cool. And then she's, she's only want to see Milwaukee. Well, maybe I like baseball. She likes these different cities or hasn't experienced them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're doing the road trip with a team and they're hitting like these three or four different areas. Yep. And we could watch some of the baseball at night while we do some of these themes during the day. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a really great way to kind of combine your wander lists, you know, and check everybody's boxes. I mean, there's something, some, I, there's certainly tri- trips that I have planned for other people and for myself that have been very much one-sided. And in that case, you really have to alternate if you're if we're talking about spouses or if we're talking about families you know i think that's important too everybody wants to be happy you want to keep wanting to travel but it is awesome when you can align two people's or multiple people's interests because i think that's exactly what we're trying to go right is like okay yeah. i have this list you have that list and then also we put those things together and yeah. boom it's magical because you're having a time of your life i'm at the time right. of my life and we're not kind of sacrificing your happiness for mine or vice versa. Right, exactly. Yep. Carrie, I want to keep going on this idea of kind of building this travel plan or, or the travel list. You know, what are some blanket sort of mistakes that you see people make or you could see people make when they're trying to, you know, I know we've kind of talked around it at this point is, you know, you've talked about things to do. Um, are there some some big things not to do when you're thinking about this list? And, you know, for example, if I, you know, say I've been to, Chicago a handful of times and I just love it and I probably love it because I've been there so much you know is there something wrong with using past you know trips as like the core of making my my new list or should I branch out or no okay (laughs) (laughs) never never I mean I think one of the questions that I tend to ask people when we're planning a trip together is what have you liked? What have you done before? What have you enjoyed about that trip? What was it that really made it stand out to you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe the reason you love Chicago is because you love breweries. Well, there's breweries in a lot of different places we can send you, or maybe you love cities. Maybe you've never been to New York, but that's another city that you Mm -hmm. could explore or something, you know, so we can take pieces of it and build onto it. I think there's also no problem. I mean, let me backtrack. I think personally, I think that there's no problem with adding somewhere back to your list again and again. I think you, that's where your, your travel companions come in and feel like, my God, I'm so tired of going to Chicago. I really want to go somewhere else. You have to find some of those common themes. Okay. So what is it that draws you there? Is it mm-hmm. comfort because you've been there before? Is right. there something that we can find that feels that comfortable to you somewhere else? That's a little bit different that you guys can both agree on. So. Yeah, no problem with it, generally. (laughs) So I think that's the point here is, you know, is one thing to build a list, right? Is to go, here's all the list and all the things I want to do and where I want to go. And and we just kind of talked about blending those things together. Sometimes you're going to see themes where, hey, you know, there's a place where we can encapsulate a lot of these places, these things together, experiences, food, culture, whatever that might be maybe even budget, but things like that we can put together and go, here's a really great trip here. Now, one question we ask people in our clients, right, is we sit back and because again, we're a lot of them, they're dreaming forward in their retirement and saying, hey, what do I want to do? And you go, well, geez, I have maybe I have 10, 20 or 30 years of my retirement. And it seems very broad and big and seems very overwhelming, right? Is I could do so many things and I don't know what to do. So we kind of can flip that on its head sometimes and say, hey, if you're 100 years old, 
you're looking back in your life, what would I regret not doing or where would I regret not going? So, because the the idea, what we're trying to get to is how do I put prioritization into the list, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, hey, right now at 100 years old, I really wish I could have gone to the brewery tour in Milwaukee and and seen all that. That was that would be really cool to do. So how how do you kind of get people there? Because we're trying to move people, right? Is go broad, get a little list going, put some ideas down. Now prioritization. How do you do that? So I think this kind of gets back to Curtis's question, which I completely neglected to answer some of the, some of the mistakes that people make when they're putting together their list. One of the big problems is that people kind of think that it's a static list and it's not. You, you know, today, maybe you're really, really into Gladiator. You've watched it a thousand times. You have always watched it a thousand times. Rome is at the top of your list. But like, that's not practical. I can't go to Rome tomorrow, but maybe there's something else that I'm really into that I could go to tomorrow. So some of the like practical aspects Hmm. fall, come into play with prioritization. And I don't, I think people really do get stuck on their ideas of, well, it's, you know, Rome or bust. And I don't think that's really, maybe from a practical perspective, like you only got the money saved up to go on one epic trip, make it count, Hmm. but don't think that you're going to do it tomorrow, you know plan ahead, that kind of stuff. I think prioritization is really hard. And it's this is kind of, I think, the cool thing about having a wander list, having it not be static, have it be kind of flexible and whatever, because you can kind of look at it and say, oh, yeah, this feeds into this. I really like this. Maybe we'll do these two destinations back to back or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It's I think it it helps. And then you can look and plan for the future because maybe Chicago's on your short term list, Rome's on your long term list. Mm-hmm. So does that kind of answer your question? It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we find that if we don't assign due dates to things, right, they just don't happen. <laughs> and so we're talking about all these things and priorities and lists. How do you make sure um, that you go to places by a certain date? And is that a wise thing to do, right, to set time limits on some of these? I think sometimes it's a wise thing to do. I have not done this before. Ben suggested this uh, in an email to me. He asked this question to me. <laughs> Wow, due dates. Yes. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, like, now you just outed me on how type A I am. <laughs> nice. Like, yeah, he's got to prioritize everything by due date. Yeah, I mean, I think due date sounds like a really scary thing, mm-hmm. but it is kind of a good idea where people, you know, give themselves a due date. I never want to push something on you and say, by 2022, you have to have gone to these places or you're a total failure. Like, that's not how travel works. That's not how any of this things change, you know, whatever. But I think that having people really think about it in terms of a due date, like, okay, so you've got in the next two years, are there things that you really want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And let's, let's make those happen. Like what's holding you back? What are the things, what are the steps that we need to take to get you there? Is it giving you a, a layout of what a trip could look like so you can start visualizing it and you can start thinking about it a long time in advance. You know, you have to understand when I do something like this, I make sure that my clients very much understand that the prices are not fixed. Mm, um, right. They might yeah. get their heart set on going somewhere at some point and then that place is sold out and, you know, you can't make that happen. But especially if we're doing it two years in advance. So unless you're mm-hmm. booking, it's not fixed. However, it gives you a pretty good framework of like, these are the prices. These are the things that I can get excited about. Oh, if I'm going to go take this tour, one of the things I really want to do is start brushing up on my French or, 
you know, doing something, taking the steps that get you excited, because really, like, part of the joy of travel is the anticipation, I think. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, Carrie, from my end, too, is, is there's, there's a level of coaching that happens here when, when we're working with a, probably a common client at some points here is that, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at this and they're going, going forward. It's almost an audit of time, right? right? Is to say, here's, here's the time. Here's how I'd like to spend that time, you know, visiting family or, or doing certain activities or volunteering or whatever it might be. And sometimes their stated goal in that time audit is I want to travel so much, right? Is I want to travel, I want to go a week um, every six months to somewhere new I've never been, or, you know, it's, or it's once a year, I'm going to go experience something a little bit different, yeah. right? Is to kind of go by, by putting those as goals and saying, here's where I want to spend my time. Then that filters into, okay, in 2021, yeah. you know, I want to go do something along those lines. And to your point is, Hey, if that doesn't happen, doesn't mean you're a failure, right. but I, but I've kind of put into a structure of, Hey, I can be adaptable with it, but by putting this in place, you know, avoid what you kind of mentioned in that episode three was, you know, by the way, in 2022, our 40th anniversary is coming up. Right. But me and my spouse argue about the 40th anniversary, who we want there, how you want to celebrate it, where you want to go, um, what what the cake looks like, whatever the thing is. And because we argue so much about it, like it's now year our 42nd anniversary and we've not celebrated our 40th anniversary yet. Right. right? Which right. I could yeah. see totally happening on the travel end, right? That's is a lot. <laughs> we just kind of get to this point in a recent episode with Amy K. Hutchins about communication. A lot of this kind of coaching stuff is around kind of the couple or the people that are trying to do things together, yeah. getting them to the compromise and saying things to allow, allow adaptability, flexibility without creating harsh feelings. Right. Right. I think that's where somebody like me comes in very useful because I can be a mediator. I'm always a proponent of bringing in an expert on anything. Um, there are things that I think it's totally great to DIY and certainly, you know, more power to you. I am never going to be the person who builds a house with my two hands. It's just not going to happen. I am going to bring somebody in who's going to be an expert because I don't want my house to fall down. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Or discover that, you know, whatever. So my, with somebody who is an expert, who's thinking about travel all the time, they can tell you what's realistic. They can help you narrow it down and they can mediate between family members or whatever. I think, I'm not sure if we talked about this one um, on the first podcast, but I had a family, a multi-generational family. It was a 60th birthday trip and they brought me in because they couldn't communicate with each other effectively. That's basically the only, not the only reason, but that was the thing that ultimately drove them to me, which it was, you know, we need, mom's not going to be happy if this doesn't happen. And dad's not going to be happy if this doesn't happen. And it's his birthday. So we have to make sure that he's happy, but how do we make everything work? And is it possible? And I can come in, they're going to listen to me much more than they're going to listen to their kid potentially say, yeah, that's not re really realistic. You can't go to, you know, Florence and Venice in the same day and really experience both of them. You have to have a little bit of time and whatever. And they, mm -hmm. don't, if they get mad at me, that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's not, it's not relationship ending. Right. So it is about communication. Mm -hmm. So Carrie, Ben mentioned this earlier in the episode. Um, we recently had on a uh, gentleman, Dan Pressure, who is a senior editor at International Living Magazine. And our kind of conversation with him was all about taking advantage of certain benefits of living in different countries throughout retirement. 
Um, and a piece of that conversation was, you know, figuring out where you want to live if you're going to live abroad. And I want to rotate this to you now is so he a piece that he emphasized was really going and trying out, you know, sampling living in these places. But, you know, for me, I think when I think about that, it's, you know, I'm not going to go to Italy for a month. So and that's what he you know, like when I think about, oh, I'm going to go see if I want to live in Italy. His point was, if you're there for a week, you're not going to know what it's like to live in Italy. You're going to know what it's like to visit. So do you have advice for someone, you know, who wants to, you know, say, I want to go live in Italy? How would I go about planning a trip that, you know, doesn't feel like a trip at the end of it, but gives me a a sample of, you know, what it's like to really live there? I mean, it's really all travel is individual. So I think it would have to be a thing that feels really comfortable to you. Going for a full month is obviously a really good way to kind of get your feet wet, you know, and mm. see see what it feels like to live there, really understand the complexities of like, okay, so this is what's in the supermarket. Here's what right. I can find. Here's yeah. how I can cook, you know, whatever. Here's what these things are called. I mean, it really, it there is nothing quite like getting thrown in like that. <laughs> um, it shouldn't be overwhelming, but it should be something. I think it's, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a cool thing to do. I think if you've never been to Italy, I'm not sure that I'm going to say go for a month. Yeah. Like, maybe you're the kind of person for whom that works and that's mm. awesome. And that's a conversation that we would have about that. But if you've never, ever been, start mm. with the week trip. Yeah. See, sure. you know, can, is it this region of Italy that really calls to me or this other region of Italy? And then we can talk about further down the road or whatever. Because you don't want to get there and discover that you hate it. Yeah, it's true. It's a good <laughs> and point. You'll have a month left. Yeah, it's a good so, point. Yeah, yeah. But I think it is cool. This is so. This is something that I did. I lived abroad. I lived in Salzburg, Austria, for right. a couple of years. Worked there, taught there, and it, having visited before, it just doesn't. It doesn't compare. There are the things that mm. you're like, oh my god, I have to make sure that I always have my. I don't know, bus ticket with me or yeah. something like just little things that you don't think about when you're a tourist. Right. So it's worth it to go for that extended period of time. I like what you're saying there, Carrie, is this whole, you know, kind of crawl, walk, run. Yeah. Right. Is this whole, hey, try it first, see where, see if that's a region and where you want to be. Then maybe extend it a little bit longer, get, get a little more lay of the land. Cause again, you're not going to Uber everywhere. Like if you're staying there for a month, right? right. You're going to, we're on vacation. You're definitely going to go, yeah, I only got a week. I got to maximize every moment I have. So I really need to really compress everywhere I can to, to make sure I'm experiencing the most I can where on a longer trip, I might need to be, again, I, I do want to try out the transportation. I might need to go interview people in the medical system. I might need to go, you know, my kids might be coming with me. I might need to go interview the educational system, but I need to get there. How do I get there? And that might be different answers based on how the length of the stay is going to work. Right. 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 I, I mean, I like the way that you said it. Crawl, walk, run is definitely a great way to kind of plan any kind of a trip, especially if you're thinking about a really long-term one. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, I've had several clients who have done this where they've gone on a cruise or something and they've spent a day, a half a day in a destination. You're like, man, I really want to go back and see it more. And then you build on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, there are tons of things to consider. And I'm, as a, travel advisor, I'm thinking about this more from a short-term perspective than a really long-term perspective. So mm-hmm. I'm probably not the right person to ask, but if you're planning a month-long trip, that's something that obviously, you know, is is in my wheelhouse. Planning a years-long trip is, <laughs> that's not a trip anymore. Right. That's really a, a, a <laughs> right. move. So. 
and you yeah. got visas and you got because you're not you know, it's not really travel at that point it's really more of a temporary stay and mm-hmm. now you've right. entered a whole nother realm of international right. uh, issues if you're abroad especially so yeah Carrie, I want to ask another question here is because, sure. uh, again, I, I think there's always a lot of, you know, we, we experience in our client meetings that we have couples that might come in and let's let's be sensitive with this. They might not be the best at communicating with each other. Let's just put it <laughs> that way. Right. Is that maybe there's just things that we've kind of gotten in our rhythms. We never really expressed to each other about goals or settings or things. So we we go through the Wanda list idea. We go, hey, you do your your list. I'll do my list. And the hope is, hey, we've been together for enough period of time that our Wander list should have like, it, I'm doing the Venn diagram with my hands here. <laughs> it, ha- it should have overlap, right? It really should have something there that we can find commonality. We can find themes that agree. But what happens? You got your Venn diagram and those two circles are not <laughs> lining up, right? <laughs> They are not there. What what would you do to help somebody in that situation help find resolution that they're both happy with, but kind of gets them to the, again, the overarching stated goal of, I want to travel. But yeah. again, the themes, experiences, places, totally different. Yep. I mean, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier. There's there's often an element of compromise in trips. And in this scenario, we're probably talking about a couple rather than a a full family or whatever, I'm always going to advocate for you to, if there is something that your spouse will never, ever be interested in, go on a girl's trip, go on a guy's trip, (laughs) find someone else to go with you, go by yourself. Who, you know, it does, who says that it's got to be your spouse? If your spouse has a problem with that, then that's another story. And we have to start talking about, well, where can we find the commonalities? But I do, I have several clients who, they don't travel with their spouses. They travel with their friends. They all go on a river cruise with their friends because cruising is absolutely not their spouse's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to write that off. If the goal is to travel, I think you're probably going to find a way to do it. I could see where the natural thing to say would be to my spouse is, okay, rock, paper, scissors, who goes first? <laughs> I'm going to choose mine. And then you got to go with me, be miserable while I do it. Then you do your thing and I'll be miserable while you do it. So we're going to rain on each other's parade and make something really experiential. Awesome. Less. I'm not saying Kara would do that, but you know what I mean? (laughs) That's something where I I could see where that would be a natural compromise that would not be good. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there are different ways to compromise. And, you know, a lot of trips, I think it's really, it's been really rare in my experience that people have completely separate Venn diagrams. There's usually something that people like within the different destinations within, you know, whatever, maybe my thing is, I don't feel like I've been on vacation. If I don't have a day where I go to the spa and sit and do absolutely nothing, read a book, maybe. So maybe work that into your trip. Mm -hmm. And if your spouse feels like that's wasting time or your travel companion or whatever feels like that's wasting time, we were in Paris for, you know, five days and you're spent a whole day just sitting there doing nothing. Well, maybe they can go do their own separate thing. That's, Mm -hmm. Communication is definitely key. And I know it's it's easier said than done sometimes. Please don't tell my husband. Actually, I think he's in on this. So I, this might not be a secret. But we have different travel styles in a lot of ways. I love to wander. Plunk me down in the middle of a city somewhere. Give me a map, like a physical map. 
maybe on my phone, you know, something like that and a couple of landmarks and I'm just going to be the happiest person just walking around. And I love to have a day like that. He needs destinations. So I will plan, I'll take out the map and I'll plan destination A and destination B as far away from each other as possible so that I can do my wander thing in between and then get to the other side. And he's like, yes, we've reached our destination. We're going to go to this museum or do whatever. So you can find ways to make your travel styles compatible. If you can't, once again, I'm going to say, go on your girl's trip, go on your guy's trip, bring somebody else with you, you know? And I'll add one one piece to that, too, is I, just my own experience is that I think with kind of my relationship with my wife, with Kara, is I, I've kind of gotten to that point where I, I was way too passive in what saying what I wanted in terms yeah. of vacations mm-hmm. is I would just go, whatever you want, just like what, <laughs> as long as you're happy, I'm happy. That's cool. Let's do it. Then I get there and I'm like, well, I would still feel a sense of disappointment of hey, well, you know, that would be kind of cool, but I didn't really, maybe I wasn't confident enough to say it or whatever, which is ridiculous. I totally should, could, and would have. But now kind of realizing that is like, you know, I, I would always be on these places and go, this isn't ultimately what I want to do, but I didn't express it. And that was my own fault for not expressing that. Right. So now when we're planning out vacations together is going, no, it's really important to me that I, I want to do, have this type of meal or I want to go have that, that carve out that you just said, right. Is I want that. We just travel three hours on a plane. I want some time to myself to just decompress after that plane. Then I'll be ready to go. I, I but I need to be active enough and as a participant to say yep. that yep. versus expecting somebody to read that of my mind right. and then build it into the trip where I never even told them. So right. again, my own fault. Uh, but I've, I've noticed that in my own pattern, uh, with my relationship that I have to be a better participant and I've been happier in those vacations because of that. I feel like this is just generally very good marriage advice <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> to advocate for the things that you need and, you know, make some compromises where you can and in places that you can't compromise, stand your ground, say out loud, this is absolutely the thing that's going to make my vacation worth it. And if I don't do this thing, if I don't see sheep when I'm in Ireland, I haven't been to Ireland, you know, like, or if I haven't had a pint of Guinness, right? And, right, right. And my spouse isn't a drinker and would never think to go to Guinness or Jameson's right. or whatever, right? Is yeah. But yeah, so we're going to title this Dreaming and Creating Your Wanderlust Questions, a.k.a. Good Marital Advice. That's right. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. It is. It's, this is my job. You, I'm, Well, I know you would not be surprised because you also do advising. But there is so much communication, interrelationship communication in mm-hmm. my career. <laughs> So. Yeah. And it just, and again, you're the expert and it's, you, we're trying to create a safe place, right? As you create a safe place for them to express it. And now it's out in the open and then people look at each other like, well, we've never talked about this themselves, but they've never been asked the question, right? They've mm-hmm. never framed it that way. They've never really thought about it in the terms that you're expressing. And as you're brainstorming it, you want that to be open and safe and then things are coming out. That means we're doing our job well, I, which yeah. I, I kind of see it as. So I, 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 that, that's what kind of gets us excited when we're kind of having those meetings is you're seeing those things come out and people going, well, you've never told me that. Well, again, that's, that's because you've never had this experience with somebody like us in these conversations. Right, right. Yep. It's communication is everything. <laughs> Um, so we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit. So as Ben alluded to, the title is dreaming 
of our wander list. Um, and perhaps our dreams have bigger thoughts and eyes than our budget does. Um, so how do you help people match where they want to go with a realistic budget? Because I can imagine this is where a lot of stress comes from when planning. Yes, that is a great question. I mean, I think until you've really tried to plan something or been somewhere similar, you might have really unrealistic expectations of how much mm-hmm. something costs. So bringing someone in who does look at these numbers frequently is really helpful. But sometimes it's also really helpful to go in kind of on your own and think, okay, realistically, if I have X amount of dollars to spend on vacation total, I need to think of it in terms of the transportation to get there, the lodging, the activities when I'm there. And some of those things overlap. You know, maybe you have an all-inclusive hotel stay or a cruise where the transportation (laughs) and the food and the lodging is all one. But it is kind of nice to break it all down to really be realistic. Because if you think I have $5,000 to go to Japan from Maine, it's going to cost me however many thousands of dollars to actually get there. How much money do I have on the ground? Is that really enough to make my dream trip happen? The answer might be no. You know, maybe you have, maybe your dream trip includes the most expensive night of sushi of your entire life and a five star hotel and a Japanese tea ceremony with like, I don't know, all kinds of extras and, you know, and, and, and that's probably not going to be enough. So again, this comes back to kind of the flexibility Mm -hmm. is that the only place If you have this amount of money, is that the only place that you can go? Maybe it's not a next year thing. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. the year after kind of thing. And you continue to save to make sure that that trip can happen the way that you want it to. Or or maybe you're adjusting that goal or expectation, right? Because as we kind of talked about is maybe in their budget, they're thinking about every six months or every year we do a trip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then would it be, would a, that dream trip to Japan be better than two kind of maybe middle wander list destinations for you because that's your number one and that's both of your number one. So maybe what we do is combine the budget of two trips of that stated goal to create the one trip. And then we, so, you know what I mean? It's like maybe what we're doing is compressing 10 years of travel. Maybe you're doing that and going, Hey, maybe every, every year instead of doing 10 trips, maybe we're doing five really great trips for the, for yeah. five years and then really going down your list mm-hmm. or maybe just doing different types of trips after years six to 10. So yep. again, having a little more long-term perspective is where we try to go. And the, the financial plan is go, mm-hmm. Hey, what I hear you say is this, and this is what we built. But now yep. what I hear you express is, is this, how do we find a way to make that happen? Which is, I guess, one of the biggest points of having a financial advisor and a good financial planner is yeah. to go, I expressed to you this path, show me financially how to get that path working. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right. I think, yep. In the, in the travel world, what happens really for, I mean, it's, it's so common where people's you know, eyes are bigger than their stomachs when it comes mm-hmm. to what they can achieve on a on a 10 day trip or something yeah. like that. And that's the prioritization where, you know, I will come in and kind of coach people through what are the things that absolutely are make or break for your trip? Can we get those into your budget? If we can't, then maybe we push this off. Like you said, Ben, combine mm-hmm. two years travel budgets to make the big epic dream trip. Or, you know, often what ends up happening is somebody will say, these are the things that I have to have in my trip and I'll give them those things and I will price it out for them and say, this is what this costs. And then they can look for themselves. Now I can't always because of the vendors that I work with truly itemize out every single piece of your travel and say your meal in 
Tokyo is going to cost X amount of dollars, you know, for sure, guaranteed, blah, blah, blah. But it, it is really good to have them kind of look through and say, oh, well, if we eliminated that expensive sushi dinner, yeah. maybe this is within our budget. And it's yeah. something that, you know, they can come to that conclusion themselves. And again, be flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like to this point with our conversation, we've kind of we've built a list. So here I am and I have my wander list. It's say it's 10 places I want to go. I start knocking them off. I'm traveling, not just to Chicago anymore. I've gone to Italy <laughs> at this point. So I like the piece at the beginning. You talked about, you know, a wander list versus a bucket list. So here I am, say I'm halfway through my list. Is that time for me to start adding more? Like what is, do people kind of revisit these lists? I think the answer is going to be yes, based on our conversation about bucket list. Um, yeah. But just kind of, can you talk about that, that process and kind of how to kind of keep refreshing that wander list? Yeah, I think I think it tends to happen really naturally where people will go on one trip and they'll say, wow, I never knew that I loved scotch so much. Mm-hmm. And I really want to go try Irish whiskey now. Yeah. Maybe my next trip suddenly becomes Ireland and it wasn't even close to being on the top of the list before. Mm-hmm. Um, we did this recently. My husband and I went to Japan in November of last year. And then that bumped up Thailand for us in our January of this year trip, which we got in just under the wire in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, I think it, it really does happen naturally and is something that's worth discussing. You know, mm-hmm. you come home, actually, I find a lot of people tend to plan their next trips, even just like at, from a very basic standpoint, like on the plane ride home. Yeah. They're like, God, that was so cool. Or, you know, that I would, absolutely love to see these other things that are really similar to this thing that I saw or like that cooking class was the highlight of my trip. Maybe we should do a whole cooking trip, Mm -hmm. you know, where we go and stay somewhere with an Italian master chef and learn how to make pasta from scratch and, you know, do something like that. So I would not say that there's a really formal time that people sit down and they like revisit their list, Mm -hmm. you know, cross things off and, (laughs) rearrange but it happens yeah. organically Carrie, so, you're busting my bubble i'm type yeah. a i want yeah it. right <laughs> i want it to be all itemized you're crossing stuff off check it off like that's how i operate come on <laughs> well then i have a feeling then that you would probably come back from your trip with you know pull down the airplane tray table with your little notebook or whatever you've got <laughs> exactly. crossing things off and adding things in I actually really like, I love having things on paper, but something like this, I love having digitally because you can cut and paste and move mm. things around and share it with your, your, whoever, your travel companions and stuff and kind of make it, you know, maybe a Google doc and have a, mm-hmm. an interactive something going on. That's well, if that intimidates you, don't do that. This <laughs> <laughs> must be fun. <laughs> And I'll add, Carrie, too, is one of the things that's really just kind of cool about this this whole concept and this whole show that we're doing today about this idea of a wonder list is that, you know, I, I've seen it in my own life with family members and friends is like, you can tell the level of excitement they have when they're looking forward to that thing, right? It's like, because they're researching, they're actively participating in the that thoughtful process. Yeah. And I'm sure even engaging with you, you're get, you're filtering that even more. You're getting more uh, ideas and excitement to it. And and that's, a, I'm sure, just a really cool process to be a part of. And the energy kind of going to you, it's all the best energy, right? Is it's yeah. all this, hey, I'm really looking forward to it. it you know, it's, I really want to turn it well. I'm yeah. a little nervous. I'm a little excited. Um, yeah. You know, these are things that were really just, 
again, these are this is the the cherry on the top uh, Sunday type experiences that you're helping to plan. So it's really kind of cool to go, hey, I'm starting to put these pieces in place. And every day I start researching maybe a little bit something about it. And I get a little more formulation of what this trip actually looks like. It's like it feels like half of the excitement is even maybe the build up towards the trip. Mm -hmm. Well, it is cool to have the trip itself. But even the day to day, the monotony of our lives sometimes, which, again, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of great stuff about routine and process and and kind of doing those things you enjoy every day. But having that conversation every day where you're maybe even reconnecting with that friend group, the the guys trip, the girls trip, talking to that friend group about it or talking to your spouse about it, talking to generations about it. And everybody's getting excited. Yeah. Right. That I think that's what we're trying to show here is, hey, let's put it, put something into a process is like, hey, let's insert excitement into your life. Let's ex- insert something. And in, that's what the money's for here is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's cool. You you got to do something. But the six months before that, you right. got to process that. And now the three or four months afterwards, where maybe even insistently you're you're bringing up, um, you know, <laughs> visiting or that famous sushi bar that you visited. Yeah. Uh, we heard about it every time we had sushi for the next <laughs> three months afterwards. It. And it didn't really it. measure up. We get it. But but hey, the, the excitement there and that boy, what a, what a great thing is that you're seeing people really living at the height of their lives with, right. with things. And, and there's this kind of honeymoon afterwards and the planning before is, is really pretty special. So that's really cool. Yeah. I, I think really, I mean, so my family came to visit me when I was living abroad. My whole family came. It was the first time we'd all been abroad together and we still talk about that trip and it's been. Mm-hmm. 12, 13 years since that particular trip. And we still make fun of my dad for, you know, not understanding the tram or doing what I mean, like, it's, it's all in jest. He's a very good sport about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we still you still we still bring it up on Thanksgiving dinners or, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting around, I don't know, on the phone, just kind of joke about, hey, remember that time? So it's, it's the before and the after the anticipation. That's you're right. That's, that's what this is all about. Yeah. And it, it just ties our relationships in, right? Is I think that's the heart that uh, one of the goals that we see is, look, the relationships I have, I want to continue to have mm-hmm. and I want to deepen and I want to continue to find binds and, and things that to do that. The only way to do that is with time, time together and shared experiences. So, yeah. you know, that's our personal opinion of that. But, you know, that's why I think that these are very valuable conversations to have, very valuable in terms of really deep diving um, on all these topics. Because what are we really talking about is is that. It's not the wanderlust. It's really the how do I put something in place that creates excitement for my family, for my friends, my the people I really care about to have excitement together. Right, right. And this is very much where your profession and my profession work really well hand in hand because you've helped the people get to that point where they've got the money set aside, sitting there, it's doing whatever, and I can help them create Let's the deliver it. out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. not... Yeah. It, it's sad we built the financial structure in place and there's roadblocks for them to actually do it, right? Mm-hmm. To go, why do we do all this work? Why do we build these things? And then we are scared of something right. and we don't do it. Right. Right. It, I, I get it. I, you know, human nature, we totally get it. But, you know, we do, we want to see it executed because we we built it in place for a reason to, for these right. things to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And yeah, I think it's I find it really fun when somebody's had that roadblock and they come to me and they're like, oh my God, I, did, I don't know where to start. Like, 
like the, you know, anniversary trip that happens two years after the actual anniversary because they can't actually start. They don't have the momentum. Yeah. I think that's so cool that to help somebody build that momentum. And you can see it. You're right. You, people get really excited about it. They start talking about it. They start sending me emails in the middle of the night. Oh, my God. I just watched <laughs> Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat on Netflix. And I really <laughs> want to go learn how to cook with that one lady there. And if we can make it happen, we'll make it happen. Like. Yeah. And that's so cool because yeah. I know that they're they're thinking about it. They're ready to go. It might be a year out and they are ready. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, they're invested. So, yeah. Carrie, you've now made it to the end of your second episode on the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. And as I'm sure you remember, we normally ask people a deep retirement question here. But because we've already asked you this question, we're going to uh, change it up a little bit. So we want you to look ahead. So 30 or so years in the future. What is travel going to look like in your mind? Like, what do you think it's going to be like? And then kind of tying in the retirement theme, you know, picture a retiree in 30 years trying to, you know, see the world. Yeah, I think travel has changed. If we think about in the last 30 years, travel has changed tremendously. So I'm not going to pretend that I can (laughs) anticipate all the things. I mean, like smartphones didn't exist. And now we can get them. We can get a Google map of anywhere. I can talk into my phone and have Google translate, you know, Mm -hmm. hold it up and say, can I please order, you know, whatever. So like that I think is going to continue and I mm-hmm. can't even begin to imagine how technology is going to shape travel. But I do think for my own personal travel, mm. I mean, travel has been a part of my life for years now and I'm young and I've made it a priority and I don't see that changing. And I see many multi-generational trips in my future with yeah. my parents for the next couple of years, you know, many years, hopefully. And then children, mm. grandchildren, I think, And I think that's going to be true for a lot of the millennials who will be retiring in 30 years. They're going to try and make that a priority because it's been a priority. I don't see that changing. I hope we continue to see there's kind of been a democratization of travel where, you know, there's just so much available. There's a lot of different flights to a lot of different destinations. It's so much more accessible now than for many people than it was 30 years ago. I hope we continue to see that. And I think we'll probably see that go hand in hand with kind of some you know, still the emphasis on authenticity, mm-hmm. you know, really trying to live like a local in some ways. Um, yeah. And probably sustainability is going to change things, that kind of emphasis. Cause yeah. that's, I think that's the direction we're going. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Well, Carrie, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. It's again always good to have conversations, but you know, this is probably like the topic, right? As I, I think where where people kind of go in retirement and and to have you as an expert to come on, talk about your experiences, especially with travel advice and what you see in in kind of your world. And we we have such kind of really parallel segments here about how we coach and how we advise and helping people through that that it just makes too much sense not to not to do this uh, from time to time so appreciate you coming on uh love to have you for a round three at some point down the road uh yeah looking forward to the next one yeah thank you so much for having me all right take care Thanks. so dreaming and creating your wanderlust questions with carrie forbringer so really good to have carrie back of course she's our only so far repeat guest again i think you could do a whole podcast series probably on travel and <laughs> kind of how to do all this so maybe hint hint to carrie that maybe she should do that but yeah i think this is something where you know for our clients and it's a theme that keeps coming up and and i think there's a thirst for more information on how to do stuff mm-hmm. and and that, that's where we want to go is this whole you know a a kind of a roadblock for a lot of our clients is that moment of 
well, what do I do? Like, what's the first thing? Where should I go? Uh, what do I experience? What if I get judged for my spouse on that? All of those things I think are, are roadblocks that can kind of come up. So good to have that conversation with Carrie and and kind of work through that of of kind of building that idea of a wonder list. Again, not the bucket list idea, <laughs> but we always wrap up every episode with lessons that we'd like to highlight to you and things that we took away from it. So, uh, Curtis, I will start with you in terms of things that maybe you took away from our conversation today with Carrie. Yeah, you uh, you kind of teed it up there, Ben, with the, the uh, anti-bucket list talk. So, uh, you know, a piece that, that I really liked was um, near the end of the conversation, we were actually talking about sort of revisiting your wander list and kind of adding, continuing adding uh, destinations and trips to it. And I thought that was really cool because it, you know, Carrie talked about, you know, being on the flight home from your trip and pl- already planning your next trip. And, you know, it, it gives you, I think you mentioned, Ben, it gives you something to really look forward to the next trip. And, you know, if your list is really designed well and your trips are planned well, you're going to want to, it's just never going to end, which I think is great, which is what these, you know, people who may be doing this, this type of travel will want. So I thought that was really cool and, and nice to hear that essentially if you do it well, you'll keep doing it forever. So yeah, and I think that's what we're trying to get to is, you know, a successful retirement sometimes is just again, being active and being mm-hmm. alive and doing things that you want to do is for as long as you can do them. So where if you start running out of ideas and you go, well, I'm done with travel now, but travel is what really makes you happy, right? right? So if you, if, if the process of traveling, whether it be the planning of it or actually doing it is you're happiest experiencing new places, new things, new cultures, and you stop doing that, you're probably going to be less of yourself now. And, and you might be missing that. So again, getting getting something in place that kind of helps people there was, was a really cool thing. Abby, from your end, what was something that you took away from the show today? Um, I found very interesting her con- conversation about matching a budget with your travel plans, right? I think when you're trying to do it yourself, a lot of times you may not recognize kind of how expensive things are or take into account the exchange rate. There's all kinds of things that can affect the prices of a trip. Mm-hmm. And so bringing somebody in like Carrie can be helpful because she at least has a ballpark idea when you're planning stuff, kind of what to keep in mind for a budget. So how to best spend the money that you have, you know, set aside for this trip. Mm-hmm. And also the the idea of being adaptable why I do it, right, is because right. she, she's obviously in it every day seeing this. And she's got the expertise like, you know, by the way, the exchange rate, um, you know, to the yen right now went really bad. Right. Um, so your price on that trip is going to be double what it was six months ago. Mm-hmm. So maybe we be adaptable and try the the next trip on the list and kind of keep that in mind for another period of time and make it more affordable and stretch the budget a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, things yeah. like that, which I think. You know, if it's maybe any of the three of us, we go, nope, Japan, you know, here's the trip. Here's what we're going to do. You know, and if it just went from my budget went from X to Y and it doubled, mm-hmm. well, we might go, hey, table stakes at this point, we're too far in. Right. You know, we can't really undo all this, the travel. That's a lot of work. So why don't we just go through with it? Yeah. Right. You just mm-hmm. resign yourself to paying more than that. And maybe, maybe that upsets other things down the road in terms of budgeting and thinking about that. So right. again, kind of a really cool kind of outtake was that like to your point is, is kind of this whole budget and travel part was, was yep. really pretty neat. 
Yeah. I guess one of my my personal favorite episodes was the whole conversation piece with Amy K. It was a podcast that we did. And I, I think that was kind of continue to see this theme of sometimes we're just not expressing to our partner about what we want to do or where we want to go or what we want to be or all those things. And we saw it, we of course touched on that in today in travel. Mm-hmm. And I think Carrie had a really good point because I, I, I guess where I would be would be the whole like, Again, I would probably do what I mentioned about being passive here is I probably go, Hey, you want to do this trip? Okay. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do it. I'll go along with you. Not my thing. You know, I'll give it a C minus probably in terms of my experience, <laughs> but I will do it because you will have the best time of your life, except for the person probably isn't having the best time of your life because they're dragging you around mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. that you're not being excited about it. And that kind of depresses some of their excitement about it. So I I liked what she said is, look, hey, a lot of experiences right now are friend groups, right? What about going with the guy trip, the girl trip, the other friends and kind of getting that together? And and we kind of talked about that with Sarah Geber was this whole idea about having bigger friend group as we age allows us to maybe age better because we have more people checking in on us, keeps us active, communicating. So using maybe travel as a way to connect as the fiber uh, mm-hmm. there in our network is a pretty important piece there too. So that was an interesting outtake. I didn't obviously wouldn't have considered was, yeah. Hey, why not? If there's anything that's maybe not clicking with that trip that is really important to you and you don't want to, um, you know, to kind of have that conflict between you, maybe just kind of going with a different friend group might be a big thing. And, and then you maybe have a lot to talk about with that uh, that partner when you come back, right? Is mm-hmm. is something that's really important too. So yeah. again, that was a really kind of neat uh, neat uh, thread. I thought was was important to highlight for for the end of this show. But um, always appreciate everybody listening to our show today. Again, if you want more information, more resources, we'll put a little bit more about Carrie, her website, her travel agency there. Yeah. Um, so you can uh, look at that on our our blog. So if you want more information, you can go to blog dot guidance point com backslash three two so we're at episode 32. 32 so you can go right there uh find more information there if you want to see the video and actually see carrie because i know sometimes we're <laughs> you want to maybe put the voice with the face we're on youtube as well check that out yep. if you have any questions at all or love to reach out we'd love to hear from you but uh, we'll see you next time <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've just listened to an information-filled episode of the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. While this show is about finding more ways to improve your retirement happiness, Guidance Point Advisor's mission is to help our clients create a fulfilling retirement. We do financial planning so that people can enjoy retirement and align their monetary resources to their goals. If you're wondering about your own personal success, we invite you to reach out to us to schedule a 45-minute listening session. Our advisors will have a conversation with you about your goals, your frustrations, and your problems. Make sure you check out Guidance Point Advisors on our blog, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And you can always check out more episodes of this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And of course, keep on finding your retirement success.